All right. Chapter 7. Chapter, excuse me, chapter 6. I'm getting ahead of myself here. In the first chapter, the Lord said, uh, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Verse 5, no man can be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be, you, I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Chapter 2, he sends spies into the land. Two. Two spies into the land to, to see Jericho in particular. And they came back and they says, you know, God's given us this place. You know, it's, it's, uh, he, he just has. And they ran into Rahab, and the two spies made a covenant with her. Uh, you protected us, and, and we'll spare you when we come into the land. So <clears throat> they crossed Jordan, did the memorial stones as we, as we saw. Last week, you know, we went back to preparing their hearts spiritually, went back to the covenant with circumcision. They had the Passover, they stopped that God had been feeding them with frosted flakes and, and quail all this time, and, and they started eating the fruit of the land. <clears throat> and Joshua had an encounter with the Lord in verse 14 of chapter 5. Indeed, I come as the captain of the host of the Lord. Joshua fell on his face and bowed down. What has my Lord to say to his servant? Verse 15 of chapter 5. The captain of the Lord of hosts said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And we found out that the battle was not Joshua's. It was the Lord's. It was the Lord's. Now, when he sent spies in the land, no doubt he got back, and he got back to his generals, and he said, "Now, how are we going to do this? How are we going to how are we going to conquer Jericho, which is our first one?" And God said, "We're going to do it." Now, how are we going to do it? Well, I'm sure they had a plan, but then God said, "Joshua, I need to talk to you." Look at chapter six, verse one. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out. No one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho to your hands and its kings and its valued warriors. You shall march around the sea, all the men of war, circling the sea once. You shall do so for six days. Also seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the sea seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when you make a long blast on the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city will fall flat down, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. 
I dare say that's not what Joshua and his generals had thought talking about. But God says, Joshua, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to do it. This is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between the Lord and Joshua about taking the city of Jericho. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of like you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, you can take the engineer out of the, the office, but you can't take him out totally. And I had a lot of questions about this thing. So this is the gospel according to what I've read. Not according to the Bible, but according to what I've read. One of them is answers in Genesis. I've, I've got some of this from answers in Genesis and some from my ESB Bible. <clears throat> Alright. Now, Jericho was little. Six to ten acres, depending on who you're talking to. Six to ten acres. Ten acres is seven and a half football fields with the end zones. That's the equivalent of, of ten, ten acres. Jericho was little. You could mark what it was less than a mile to go all the way around. Less than a mile. When Belka was walking over the track, she could do a mile in 18 minutes. So everything is based on what Bell do. <laughs> she can do a mile in 18 minutes. Me, it takes 30. But anyway, uh, that. <clears throat> now, he says, all the men of war, Numbers 26, numbered the families. And there were, they were 600,000. All the men of war. The scripture doesn't tell us exactly how many were there. I don't know. But this is the most it could be, was this. Our last time talked, we talked about uh, Reuben and, and uh, Gad and Hathor of Manasseh. And the scripture says it's 40,000 men of war. And he says that's a big number. When you look at, the, at chapter 26, when he names these these places, it, it comes out to be 110,000 just in those three tribes. Two tribes and a half tribe. So, 600,000 men. He said, this is how you're going to do it. And this is Bill. He said, men of war, I just said half of them are going out first. 300,000. <laughs> and the and the priests are outnumbered. There's just seven of them. And they got ram's horns. They don't have, they don't have the, the trumpets of war, the brass trumpets of war. They just got a ram horn. He said, blow it with ram horns. Then you got the Ark of the Covenant. Then you got some more men of the war. I just divided them. I said, 300,000 before and 300,000 back. Now, <clears throat> I went to the website and I, I got a marine site about marching. 30 inches, a man's 30 inches, 30 inches, and front to back is 40 inches. 
So, <laughs> I, I, I said, well, we're going to have a column of men 300 by 2,000. That's 6,000 men. So, if you had them all in one wad, they'd be a quarter of a mile wide and a mile and a third long. That's a lot of people. <laughs> a sea of people marching. You divide that in half, it's not, it's, what, six-tenths of a mile if you keep the same thing. Okay. <clears throat> it would take them six hours to march around the city one time. Six hours. Now, this is my little disclaimer. Plus or minus. <laughs> I, I, if, and the reason I'm saying that is, we'll, real quickly we're going to find out that on the seventh day, they had to march seven times. It's, God told them, get up early, start at dawn. Well, <laughs> they had to march faster on the seventh day to get it all in on what they had to do. So Jericho was a small place. Now there's been three, three um, modern um, archaeology finds. Uh, let me see if I can find my notes. <clears throat> one in 1907 to, to 1911, one from 1930 to 1936, one in 1952 to 1958. And they dug up some of the ancient city of Jericho. Now, <clears throat> the city of Jericho was not, <clears throat> it was rebuilt, I'll say that in a minute. But in Jesus' day, Jesus was talking about Jericho. But it wasn't on the same physical 10 acres that, that the ancient city was. <coughs> now, the walls of the city of Jericho. Again, this is, a, this is a gospel according to Bill and answers in Genesis. But the walls were... They, have, they started out with a 12-foot, this came from the archaeologist's find. They had a 12-foot wall, then they had a 26-foot wall, <clears throat> and then they had a plateau. Then they had a 46-foot wall. So from ground level to the top of the wall of Jericho was 84 feet. That's, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. 84 feet. Now, they found archaeology digs between this wall, the 38-foot wall, and the 84-foot wall. They found evidence of people living here. Living here. Now, I have shown this wall as a triangle. It probably is a whole lot different because Rahab's house was on the top of this wall of this wall. And you know what the archaeologists found? There was a small section of the wall that did not fall. A small section of the wall that did not fall. That's probably Rahab's place where they get in and they die. 
So, a little bit about Jericho. The walls were massive. The scripture says, look in verse, what we just read in verse 5, down at the bottom. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. So it wasn't, it wasn't the walls fall down and they just march in. The walls fell down, but the people had to go up. They had to go up into the city, into this little plateau. Now, how many people live in, in Jericho? Well, archaeologists says about 2,000. But people were fleeing the country. And then you had the people that were living out here on this plateau, they went in. So there could be as many as 5,000 people in that 10-acre space at the time that Joshua marched on Jericho. It, it was very, they had, a, they had their own cistern. They had a good, they had a good uh, grain crop. They were ready, and they shut the gate tight. And as verse 1 says, no one went in, and no one went out. No one went in, and no one went out. So, <clears throat> with that little backdrop, let's pick up with verse 6. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, So here Joshua is fixing to tell the congregation, so, so to speak, how we're going to do it. He and God had had this conversation, and he said, Joshua, this is how you're going to do it. Now he takes, he takes it to the people. He says, take the Ark of the Covenant, let seven priests, trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Lord, and then he said to the people, go forward and march around the city, and let the armed men go first before the Ark of the Lord. Now, Again, we don't know how many this armed, armed men were. But it was armed men, the priest with the seven ram horn, the ark of the covenant, and then some more armed men. So that's what, that's what we have. Verse 8. So let the people, the Joshua spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord, blew the trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord followed. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the Ark while they continued blowing the trumpets. <laughs> well, then <I laughs> they blew for a solid, the solid march. They blew for 20 minutes straight. <clears throat> Says blew continually. They had some good lungs. And if you've ever blown a, a, a horn, you know, it's uh, it takes a little it it, it takes a little spunk uh, to do that. A lot of this I don't know. Let me say this about this particular thing in scripture. This is the first battle that the Israelites fought. They weren't an army. They had never fought before. They're a loose confederate, if anything. 
But here, God says, you're going to battle. Now, before they get through, they're a pretty good fighting force. But this is the first rattle out of the box. They had not, they had just wandered in the wilderness. They didn't march in the wilderness, they wandered. And here they are here. We have a lot of detail about this particular battle. We have a lot of detail coming up in the next chapter. But as we get further in scripture, we get less and less detail about how the battles went. Basically, it, it says God won. That's, that's what it kind of boils down to. But here we've got a certain amount of detail, but we don't have, we don't have all the detail, but we have enough to know. God says this is the way you're to do it. <clears throat> okay. Verse 10. But Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or let your voice be heard or let the word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So for seven, six days, they marched. The ram's horn blew, and the men didn't say a mumbling word. All you could hear was the marching of feet and the ram's horn. They didn't say a word. God said, there's going to come a time that I want you to shout. <clears throat> Verse 11. So we had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came to the camp and spent the night at camp. Camp was Gilgal. We talked about Gilgal. They left, went back to the city, went back to their staging area. Verse 12. Now Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Now the Lord told him to do it at dawn. He told him to do it at dawn. Verse 13. <clears throat> seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord. The ark of the Lord went on continually. That's where I'm saying, Ken, they blew it continually. They blew the trumpets. The ark guard went before them and the rear guard came after them, the ark of the Lord, while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, so they did this for six days. Then on the sixth day they rose early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city shall be under man, it and all that it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the man, so that you do not covet them. And take some of the things under the veil, and make the camp of Israel a curse and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold, and articles of bronze and iron, they're holy unto the Lord, and there shall be kept in the treasure. <clears throat> we'll see more.
about this as we go on. But <clears throat> some of our friends have problems with, with killing everything. God said, go in there and everything that breathes, kill it. Everything that breathes, kill it. Take nothing for yourselves. Nothing. Don't bring home any souvenirs of war. Absolutely nothing. But collect for the treasury all the gold, the silver, the bronze, and the iron. Collect for the treasury for the for the temple, for the good of the whole. Collect it and bring it back. Keep nothing for yourself. Kill everything that brings. In this day and time, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to be said, or there's a lot of discussion about this particular thing. Why does God do this? Why does he they kill everything? Well, I've got my reasons. I think I think part of the show is that that God knew that if they took any part, if they allowed anything to live in this particular case, it would contaminate the whole. And we see later that that's exactly what happened. Sometimes he said kill it all. Sometimes he said spare some. But in this particular case, he said everything that breathes, ox, donkey, horse, everything, kill it. Kill it totally. Kill it totally. Bring nothing home except the things for the temple. Bring nothing home except the things for the temple. Okay. Verse 20. People shouted, peace, the priests blew the trumpets. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the walls fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young old ox, sheep, donkey with the edge of the sword. Kill it all. Verse 22. Joshua said to the two men that had been spied out the land, go to the harvest house. Bring the woman and all that she has there as you have sworn to her. So the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers and all she had, and they placed, <clears throat> excuse me, and they brought all of her relatives and placed them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire, and all that was in it, only the silver and gold, articles of bronze and iron, they put into the treasure of the house of the Lord. However, Rahab the harlot, her father's household, all that she had, Joshua spared. And she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day. For she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. 
two guys that went in to spy. He says, go get Rahab and her family and get them out of here. And they set fire to everything else. The archaeology digs that happened earlier in the 1900s, they, they proved that this was the case. It was burned completely. They, they found evidence of a complete total of this particular place. <coughs> so, that's the way God chose to do it. And he did it, <coughs> he did it just, and Joshua followed his instructions and he did it just like he told him to do. I'm looking for a note here. Somebody turn to 1 Kings 16.34 and just hold it for me. 1 Kings 16.34. Just hold it, hold your finger there. We'll come back to it in just a minute. Hold your finger there and then let's continue reading verse 26 of chapter 6. Then Joshua made them take a oath at that time. Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. And with the loss of its youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So Joshua said, Cursed is the man who rebuilds Jericho. He says, cursed because of he'll lose his, his uh, firstborn and he'll use, live, lose his youngest son. Somebody read 1 Kings 16.34. Verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua. Joshua. And his fame was in all the land. Can't you see it on Fox News? Jericho. Flat. And burned. Not shot by. 
not said. That's the way it was written. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, when the writer of Hebrews was given the hall of faith, he says, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. The walls of Jericho came down. What's your wall today? What do you need to knock down the wall? Where are you with the Lord? Are you allowing Him to give you the game plan? Or are you trying to do it on your own strength? Father's Day. Father's Day is bittersweet for all of you. And for some people, it's a beautiful time of remembrance. I hope it's not bittersweet for you. It's a time that we need to be thankful for the ones that have gone before us. Art and I stand on the shoulders of some mighty men that have gone before us. And I trust it's the same way with you. The Lord loves you more than you love your own self. Look at Psalm 139. Turn to Psalm 139. It's a probably it's beginning to be <coughs> one of my most favorite psalms. But Psalms 139, he, he says that we're fearfully and must want to be made. He says that we are we are um, that he knows us from the very beginning. But I want us to look at verse 17 and 18. <coughs> And I want you to go home with this. How precious, precious also are your thoughts for me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the same. When I am awake, How much does God care about you? That his thoughts for you outnumber the sins of the city. His thoughts for you outnumber the sins. Is he interested in our Monday mornings? Absolutely. Is he interested in our battles? Is he interested in our well-being? Is he interested in every part that we have? Does he want to tear down walls for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Luke, in the writings, he says, you don't have because you haven't asked. You don't have because you haven't asked. If you've got a wall, God knows about you. His thoughts are with you. He loves you more than you love yourself. And I think a lot of people. But he loves me more than I love myself. So as we go this Father's Day, 
grateful for those who've gone before us. And we've all made some mistakes. We will apologize for those. Ask the Lord's forgiveness. And keep on trusting. Because He loves us more than anything. The walls of Jericho came come to name. Joshua Fitt, the Battle of Jericho. Beautiful little song. Beautiful story of God's provision in God's time and in God's way. My distance is from. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this privilege of being here and sharing your word. And we just thank you for being with us as we uh, face our daily battles each and every day. And we just thank you for this lesson that you give us. And we just thank you so much for being an artist they prepared to teach us. And as we go into the next hour, we just pray for the preacher as he breaks the word of our life. And we just continue the decision that needs to be made today. We just pray for the today. Forgive us where we beg you. Have a great day, Ben. I went to a Marine Corps website and they said that they allowed